Welcome back to Feywatch. Hi, it's Will, it's Dina, it's Rachel. We're back in Lunathian. We're back, baby. Should we all give, should we have nicknames that start with an H, you think? No. Yes. Okay. Reverse jinx. <laughs> I'd Not be... at all. Yeah, what would you be? Okay. Um, I don't know. I was, was going to say the hypocrite. <gasps> Excuse me? I don't even I've know. Never, I don't know. I've never had a hypocritical thought even pass <laughs> through my mind. <laughs> so how dare you, first of all? Hater. That's you. Yeah, I am probably the hater. I am the hater. For some reason, the only H word I could think of right now is helium. So you could be, yeah. you could be yeah. the helium <laughs> molecule. <laughs> Perfect. You're so buoyant, so it makes sense. And flammable. <laughs> Famously. Wow. Like famously flammable, that's true. Well, you know, time is short. Time is short because there's no afterlife, even if you're a veneer. Turns you out. Know, you yeah. merely get several centuries in sort of your body and then another several centuries in a kind of half state as a ghost. And that's just, that's, that's hardly enough time. So I think, Dina. Right. Please. Yeah, no, let's. Let's enjoy this time together before we're fed to the gates. Yeah. Wow. Do you like starting your podcast off with like a reminder of mortality? Should we do mm. this more often? Uh, yeah. Hashtag Memento Mori. Duh. True. Yeah. True. <laughs> okay. So if you remember from the end of last week's episode, Therian had a kind of brilliant idea that we're going to realize was less than brilliant about how Ethan could figure out if Connor is actually still in the Bone Quarter or if he went somewhere else. And it turns out that where Therian thinks they should go is to the Mystics, which is some, quote, dark, fucked up shit. Mm -hmm. Now, I immediately was like, okay, so we've had Mystics this whole time. This is like Same. the Oracle last time. <laughs> it's like, how is this the first we're hearing of them? And then SJM definitely knew that we'd all have that thought. And so she had some throwaway line in there about how Bryce had suggested it last year, but Hunt convinced her not to come. <laughs> yeah. Mm. Yeah. Don't particularly recall that one, but that's fine. Also, they were like, they're like, well, the Oracle tells the future and the Mystics tell the present. Right. I was like, I, I feel like there's a way... You could use the oracle still, but that's fine. Exactly. So the boys decide they can't go anywhere without their kind of uh, brain, like boy scout mother. Yeah. <laughs> so Bryce has to go with them. She is not happy about it, but she does go. And they go up to this, I don't know, I guess kind of like seedy building somewhere in Lunathian we haven't been yet. And we meet the astronomer. Like, honestly, sick villain name. Yeah. He is a kind of creepy old guy with a long gray beard and teeth that are, like, a little bit too white. Ew. That is creepy. Yeah, pretty good creepy villain vibes. He has rings on that Bryce realizes pretty quickly um, the rings have fire sprites trapped in them. Ew. And so Bryce is ready to, like, throw down, like, pretty much, like, 30 seconds in. And, you know, they're they're all just, like giving this guy shit, but they're also trying to, like, give him money and get answers. When we first go in, the room doesn't seem that bad. They have bookshelves crammed with old tomes and scrolls. Okay. And a windy spiral iron iron ramp. 
But then we notice there are in fact three tubs built into the slate floor with three mystics submerged in green cloudy water with breathe- breathing masks strapped to their faces and pale soggy skin. Yeah, not that does take the vibe down. That does take the vibe down a bit. It's very for the Star Wars people out there. Like, that's how people get healed in Star Wars. Like, you see Luke Skywalker in a little right. tank getting healed at one point with a mask on. Anyway. Right. These people are not getting healed, however. No. No, not per se. They are, like, traveling to different worlds. So, okay. First of all, there's one male, one female, and one who's both. Which, again, this is, like, same as the fucking Grim Reaper from last episode. I'm like, guys, give us some actual NB rep, not these, like, you know, sad excuses for NB rep. Like, you know, give us some hot representation. We deserve that. NBs deserve that. Or, like, one that's not being held captive. Right, exactly. Like, having their whole body must be turning like okay so i went swimming this past week for a couple hours and my fingers were so raisiny like the entire day (laughs) like do you understand how raisiny their skin must be i couldn't stop thinking about this i do think that is like the foremost harm i agree this is the raisiny skin i mean it's just like there's so much slavery happening in this one room so much I want to talk more about that. Real quick thing, though, is that there are, uh, by the tub, like, all of these panels that are covered in a language that Bryce has never seen. So, obviously, in my mind, Rachel, I'm like, uh, word marks. Mm. Definitely got some word marks happening here, especially if they're traveling to visit all these other worlds. So, basically, that's what the mystics can do. They can kind of, like, see slash visit all of the these different worlds, but they have to give up their whole lives for it. So, they, quote, give up life in the waking world to glimpse the wonders of the universe that Nova near or mortal shall ever see and the astronomer is very clear that they made that choice but bryce notes that this is revisionist history and that the mystics are usually very poor and so when they're born somebody realizes they have this gift of i guess world walking is the gift their families then sell them to people like the astronomer yeah Mm -hmm. so definitely not a choice sir no no creepy astronomer man says lots of creepy shit throughout this scene like lots of horror movie vibes happening he says shit like I could have my beauties up and running in a few minutes. <laughs> it's like, this kind of thing never goes well. He does also have a full holographic replica of their solar system, an orrery. Yeah. Just like the one the Autumn King has in his study. Mm. Which Bryce is like, I don't get the point of this, but I was laughing at this just knowing that like by the beginning of next book, she's probably going to be really invested in an orrery. (laughs) Where all these planets and worlds are. She's going to be like, fuck, we need our own orrery. Yeah, she's going to be like, fuck, you know what I need to figure out how to get home? A fucking map. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Anyway, they ask the astronomer to help them find out where Connor is. And of course, he has to like upsell them on the blood salt that they need to pinpoint the search. Again, classic horror movie stuff here where this blood salt comes from uh, both the blood of the birth canal (laughs) and the blood of the throat of a dying man. (laughs) Oh, yeah. What the fuck? Yeah. Mm. (laughs) I was like, Sarah, did we need blood from a laboring mother's sex? (laughs) 
That's what it says. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm like, oh, okay. I guess we just wanted the creep factor here to be like maxing out, like about to break the scale. Yeah. Yeah. We do learn, you know, are we shocked? Perhaps we shouldn't be shocked that Ethan has a considerable fortune, like a considerable inheritance left to him by his long dead parents. Oh, yeah. Trust fund babies yeah. all the way. Trust fund babies abound. So they ask, you know, their little question, I'm assuming the astronomer kind of puts it in, like, ask Jeeves. He's like, mm-hmm. and where is Connor? It's like chat GBT, basically. Yeah. And then I didn't really understand what happens, but like the floor kind of falls away. And then it's like a black pit in the center of the floor. Yeah, I was confused. Unclear. But obviously the mystics end up in hell. Whoops. With the prince of the ravine, which is a new hell prince, which is fun. Thanatos. Less fun because this guy seems like he really sucks. Yeah. But more on, like, living up to, I was kind of like, these hell princes are, they don't seem to really be earning the whole hell thing. This guy really kind of does it for you. No, Prince of the Ravine, like, knows who he is, like, has engaged in self-discovery and is, like, clear about that. Wow. Finally a Mm self-realized villain. (laughs) Yeah. He kind of, like, beams in to, like, the hallucination and, like, the mystic, like, opens their eyes and so then they can kind of see Thanatos and Thanatos can see them. And so he says that Connor's still in the bone quarter with the others for now. He is pissed at Bryce for killing the shepherd, which was the three-headed dog from the bone quarter, who I guess the prince of the ravine had kind of left there to like give him the goss on what was happening. Right, yeah. Mm. And then he says he's going to feast on the mystic. Oh, yeah. Which again, Rachel, I'm like throne of glass vibes all over the fucking place because the way they talk about how he's sipping from him and like tasting his fears and his sadness like it's wine Mm. was just so very much giving the um princes Mm. the valg the valg the valg prince like it was just giving valg Mm. prince like so much and so i'm like is this are these the same brothers are they different brothers i don't know either way this guy's like feasting on the mystic and uh, he is like talking about how he's definitely going to be feasting on everybody, starting with Bryce once the door between worlds is open again. Yeah. So then Thanatos pulls some shit and everything, like the tech kind of goes out, everything freezes, and the mystics start looking like they're in trouble. So Ethan kind of like elegantly jumps down and lands on the bathtubs and pulls the mystics out of their tubs so they don't drown. Mm-hmm. And the female mystic starts screaming, send me back. Yeah. It's so traumatic. And the crew kind of gets a little bit traumatized and then gets the fuck out of there. This was so dumb. The whole thing was dumb. And like, you can't overly dwell on the morality of it because it's just like, kind of completely indefensible totally <laughs> on, right on, like their part to like make use of this like really fucked up right. system they're like oh this is fucked up but anyways um let's do it bryce bryce is like like ugh, connor would have been the first to say this is fucked up but like he would have done this for me and i'm like well i hope not not like once you're dead right like what are we searching for here people totally and also bryce is like oh i want to like save those fire sprites but like what could I do? Like the law, like again, the bureaucracy of it all. And you're just like, oh my God. Yeah. Mm. We'll come back to this though. Bryce is, I will say, really pissed at Therian for having this idea and like dragging them there. And they're kind of arguing outside about it. Or like, yeah, half a chapter. She's she's pissed for half a chapter or something like that. Yeah, she's like pissed that. for like a couple paragraphs. Yeah. But then Mordok shows up. And to be honest, I was ready to be pissed at Therian too. But then when Mordok shows up, he goes, what do you want, Morty? <laughs> Cute. <laughs> 
<laughs> and then I laughed and I was like, okay, fine. I love Therian again. And like, I'm guessing this is exactly what happens with Bryce. So Mordek does this whole thing. He's scary, scary. Bryce has her whole thing about how she's like a reverend and she doesn't care. And she's going to like blow him a kiss and like be like, okay, cool story, bro. When he's talking about torturing somebody. And then they get out of there and Bryce tells Therian that he's on probation and they joke about sending each other dirty pictures and their friendship is back on track. We're back. Cut to little high school cafeteria scene. We're in the comitium. The angel boys are at their special table because there's obviously a table exclusively reserved for the Triari. You know, I'm assuming there are other cliques have, that have their tables. Mm-hmm. But Hunt is uh, eating with Isaiah and he's whining about how he's grounded for two weeks and it's really messing up his sex life. And Isaiah is like cackling at him because if he did like one little thing wrong with Sandril, he'd like get his feathers plucked out one by one. And like now he's complaining about like basically being sexiled for a couple of weeks. Yeah. Yeah, he's kind of grown used to his soft, cushy life. Yeah, he really has. But he's earned it. Also, so funny, Hunt is being weird, and Isaiah, like, such a best little boy, like, just assumes that it's because, oh, there's this hierarchy, and Isaiah's, like, technically above him now. Right. Is Hunt, like, weird about it? And Hunt's like, bro, I literally haven't spent a second thinking about this. Like, be the valedictorian, it's fine. He's (laughs) like, like, surely you're also consumed by, like, professional ambition every waking moment of the day. (laughs) no, consumed by a literal rebellion. Oh, sweet Isaiah. Mm-hmm. Anyway, guess who shows up? I'll give you one hint. It's the person who keeps showing up wherever Hunt is, and that is sweet Baxian. Hey. And he has lamb kofta and herbed rice, and I just thought that, that was really cute. And I'm like, Hunt, he's clearly not a villain. He makes such good lunch choices. <laughs> oh, yeah. that does sound good. Right? That sounds like really warm and cozy and delicious. And Baxian is like kind of sad watching Isaiah and Hunt laugh, and so Hunt feels bad for him and he's then teaches him to play video games which is also cute yeah Yeah, they have good they have good boy bonding time yeah so they have some boy bonding time hunt is like moping around he's stuck in the barracks and so later that night bryce is stuck at home and so they have a call to like catch up And it's like, oh man, we would love to be in the same place, but we can't be. And it's like, oh, oh. only one thing to do. We know what's going to happen in this situation, folks. Phone sex scene time. Wow. Wow. And you pulled that straw, Dina. I did. Fair no detail. Wait, can you please inform me as to the pages? What do you think this is? (laughs) You think she's a, just because she's a woman, like, she's like, you're a librarian? Let's find it. Okay, let me let me search. I'm gonna search on Kindle Vibrator. So I do want to say that the whole scene, very classic. All in all, I'd give it an 8 out of 10. It had everything you needed, right? Like, not, like, too much creativity here. It's, like, what you would expect out of a nice phone sex scene. Mm-hmm. But everything we needed was there and was present, right? So, of course, it started with a kind of, you know, Bryce is like, oh, like, why can't I just, like, come to your your room? And Hun is like, you can't. And he's like, why would you want to come to my room? Like, what would we do if yeah. you were in my room? <laughs> Mmm. <laughs> 
And so, of course, like, that's how they lead into it. And she's like, things. We do right. things. I'm like, I don't know. What do, what do you think? What thing? And then it's like kissing. <laughs> and, you know, they're talking about all the things they're going to do to each other. And uh, Hunt <laughs> says, I really laughed at this. And he's like, when I can leave these barracks again, I'm going to fly in a straight line to wherever you are so I can thoroughly fuck you. And I'm like, why did you have to say that you're going to fly in a straight line? Like, straight I just, like, line. Him, like, wow. <laughs> So hot, a straight line. What's hotter than a straight line? Uh, I don't know. I was just like, this is so silly. Also, there's a moment where he says, this really killed me. Open up that nightstand, sweetheart. So we like finally get the nightstand callback. Abort, abort, yeah. abort, but sweetheart, also, abort, sweetheart. Okay, yeah, this is what sweetheart. I wanted to say, Will, because I feel like I've been really hot and cold on the sweetheart thing, but this one, strong ick. Like I got the ick from the we sweetheart this time. Yeah, no, 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 no. Like I'm a hard no on the sweetheart. It's not... I don't think it's my favorite. Yeah, okay. Me neither. Yeah. We also have a line. I can't really, I cannot say it, but it's something about flesh. Oh, I Dory had that pulled up. Um, <laughs> fuck! He shouted and she heard flesh slapping against flesh in the background. <laughs> I was like, Sarah, uh, did you have Sarah, to? I know, Sarah, like, for me, the scene is like, I mean, I'm glad, I'm, listen, I'm glad it's here. Yeah. But on the other hand, I don't, I actually don't need to hear. No, I don't. Like, <laughs> yeah. I don't need to, I don't need to witness other people having phone sex. Like, it's tough. It's yeah. tough no, to it's, witness. It's honestly, like, really embarrassing to read. You're like, nobody should ever discuss what is said in these moments. Yeah. Yeah, he should put his AirPods in or something. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I guess we were, like, we were running out of non- on PNV, right? Like sex acts at this point. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And I guess it's like they actually have phones in this world, so fine. Right. But of course, we have near simultaneous orgasms, which I maintain is the real bit of fantasy here. Of course. And you know, then they promise to fuck each other's brains out when he's home to her, and they, I assume, have great nights of sleep. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, so I think again, scene had everything it had to have. A bit too much use of the word flesh for me but we salute it nonetheless we do we pre- we take what we can get we do we, take we what appreciate we can get. it <laughs> okay cut to a whole week later. Oh, I missed that. That's a lot of time. Yeah. Everybody is kind of on edge because things have been quiet for like a week. And they're like, surely something's wrong if shit's not going down all the time. Which again, everybody's mental health is, uh, you know, something I'm concerned about at this point. Bryce and Cormac and Rune are at winnowing practice. Cute. Which is fun. Yeah. We get some Rune perspective here about how he's really liking living with Ethan because he cleans up after himself. And he talks about how he hasn't asked him at all about the whole being in love with Bryce thing, which I only bring up because I'm like, boys are wild. Like if this was two girls. Oh, yeah. We would have have deep dived into the information. We would have deep dove. We would have discussed ad nauseum over wine. Like, how boring to be a boy. Right. Yeah. None of my business. Yeah, it's none of his business. Also, it's like, she's my sister, you know? Yeah, fine. But, like, so boring. And you would then deprive Ethan of his little iced coffee walks to the water and brooding time. Oh. You know? But maybe he could use a friend to brood with. Yeah. But they don't know that. They're boys. I know, exactly. Anyway, Rune gets a call from Declan so everybody's interrupted by this because Declan has finished analyzing the footage of Danica at Jessica's old gallery slash library and so the crew has to reconvene at Bryce's apartment to 
go over the footage. Mm-hmm. And here we get some good Danica shit. Yeah. They're looking at the footage and, you know, it's like Bryce and Lily having banter. And so everybody's like, oh, Lily. And then Bryce goes upstairs to the gallery, leaving Danica in the library by herself. Danica, as soon as Bryce goes upstairs, kind of like runs to go grab a book and takes photos of it. Sneaky, sneaky. Sneaky. So sneaky. Of course, Declan has like super zoom on whatever, right. you he know, program. Yeah. He's running. So he's they're able to find the like book and the pages. And the book is Wolves Through Time, mm. the lineage of the shifters, mm-hmm. which is not a published book. He can't find it in any other library, which is so fun. I love secret book shit. Yeah. Obviously, Bryce is like, well, let me just call Jessica and get, the, get this book. And she's like, I need this book. And Jessica's like, oh, so I see you've watched the footage. Have you? Oh. And I'm like, Jessica, so you know all of this. Of course she does. Ma'am, are you helping? Are you not helping? Like, what are you doing no, here? She's not help- She's floating above it all. She's here for the drama. But she says, like, you can't tell me what to do. And then 20 minutes later, the book shows up. So, like, clearly she had the book, like, packaged and ready to go. Yeah, she's fucking with them. I love it. She's like running a scavenger hunt here or something. I don't know. Seriously, in her defense, like, would you, I feel like I would make these collection of mostly fools prove themselves to me before I, like, collaborate with them in Rebellion. Yeah, you know? no, that's like, true. Like, they have to earn true. their, they have to earn their way into her assistance. That is true. Okay, so within this book, once they look at it, there are some names of really old wolves that appear to be lost to history. And so I'm like, are they in a different world? Mm-hmm. Were they left in Throne of Glass world? Wow. That's that's what I'm wondering. Who can say? Bryce is wondering, what does the Prime know about this? Which, probably not a great idea for her to go to the den, but I do love the Prime. So I'm fine yeah. with it. Love the Prime. She sneaks into the den by having Declan help her by, like, having him argue with the guards about something and Rune, like, calls Sabine out of for like an urgent matter or something. So I give them credit for their kind of willingness to lean into the bit. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. They're all like, here's the plan and they just go and do it. So Bryce is able to sneak into the den. She finds the prime sitting in the shade of a towering oak tree with a gaggle of pups at his feet. It's so Kind of like ideal retirement scene, you know? Yeah. Granddaddy. Yeah. And of course he immediately opens his eyes and he's like, Bryce, a wolf. A wolf. It kills me every time. So she, asks about did Danica ever say anything about this wolf book whatever and he doesn't know anything and so she's like okay I guess this was a waste of time and he says you didn't ask why we forgot their names and he tells her there's a bit of lore that they would never write down but they pass it down through word of mouth to keep it alive which I love and what he says is that during the first wars the wolves quote yielded their true nature. What does that mean? What does that mean? So I think, so something about it has to do with the fact that the wolves don't even know that they're fae. Wait, what? They're fae? Yeah. So in Throne of Glass, the shifters are fae and they shift back and forth between their fae form and their animal form, but they're fae. They're a different kind of fae than in the Akatar world. Okay. But in this world, the shifters seem to be quote unquote enemies with the Fae and they don't really have other magic, right? They mostly can just shift and they're really strong and fast. Yeah. But they definitely in Throne of Glass world have other kinds of magic. Okay. 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 So again, this is all based on the theory that the people in Midgard, Bryce and those Fae are the Akatar line of Fae and the shifters are the Throne of Glass line of Fae. Oh, I see. And so anyway, when he talks about them losing their true nature, yeah. I think that must be a part of it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. 
cool. Honestly, very cool stuff. I'm obviously really into all the, the worlds and the connections and everything. But, you know, who wasn't was Sabine. She didn't give a shit about this stuff. No. But the Prime says that Danica did and Danica might have led them back to what they used to be. By this point, people have realized that Bryce is there and another wolf arrives to kind of like scare Bryce off. But Bryce is smart enough to drop the goss about Ethan before she runs off. And the Prime had no idea that Ethan was kicked out. Yeah, how about that? That's like some manipulative, mm-hmm. manipulative ass shit from Sabine. Yep. Keeping Daddy Prime out of the loop. Yep. High risk too, because you know he's not going to be happy when he hears. No. And we'll see how that plays in shortly. Dope. But first, we have another close call with some rebel shit. Because Cormac was doing some kind of like intel pickup, which again was probably in some dumbass fucking alleyway. Yeah. And he almost got snagged by Mordok again. Like, shift your strategy, sir. Anyway, we get some intel here too, which is that the hit on the spine worked and now they have this mech suit prototype. And wouldn't you know, they're bringing it and a bunch of like ammunition and weapons and stuff to a rebel base on an island only a couple hours away from Lunathian. And it seems that Pippa and the Lightfall unit are probably about to start shit in Lunathian, like bring the war there. The war hasn't Mm -hmm. really been there yet. And so the crew decides that what they need to do is to go there and convince Pippa not to. (laughs) Or like, yeah, whoever's in charge, question mark. Yeah. I also love the audacity of these people. Look, All the info we have to date so far is that Pippa does some bad shit. Right. And maybe should not be in charge of a new part of the rebellion. Mm -hmm. That's fine. However, can you imagine being a rebel human who's been fighting for however many decades against this much superior force and these veneers sort of like strut into your little base having like decided two minutes ago that they are sort of but not really but kind of joining the rebellion and have them be like um actually like no like you're doing this wrong like (laughs) um, Like, my name is bryce you're doing it wrong (laughs) yeah like don't do it here like we've seen it on television it doesn't seem that fun so like can we not i'd be like get the fuck out yeah no totally it's like such nepo baby shit all around so whatever but they have this plan they decide they're gonna go there and they're gonna change the course of history Mm. first bryce has to convince celestina to let hunt off of his grounding punishment early out of timeout so that he could go in their little rebel adventure so she goes to see her to like ask her to give hunt a hall pass and i feel so bad for Celestina here because everybody is just manipulating her so badly. Like Bryce is being like so nice and trying to be like girl to girl, you know, doing a whole besties thing and asking her about Ephraim. And Bryce can tell that Celestina doesn't really like him. She says things like he's a thorough lover, which I'm like, oh God. Like so the way she says it just like gave me the ick. No. Do you want to be described as a thorough lover? I think the way she said it. No, I know, but like anyone. Like, cause I think it feels like one of those words that's like meant to sound good but you think about it and you're like thorough like i don't know like okay that's all you have to say thorough you're just yeah no right is it like calling somebody nice right the horror (laughs) if anyone ever called me nice i would die yeah sam yeah so i feel bad for celestina but thrice's whole thing works and Celestina gives in and says yes you could bring him home and actually just keep him there because he's been super annoying just moping around so much so he can end (laughs) his punishment early and that's why boys mope because people give in right (laughs) wow (laughs) 
Uh, uh, so Bryce's really quick goss drop to the prime about Ethan does lead to more here because Ethan gets a call from the prime. Yeah, he gets a call from like Joe Biden. <laughs> right. And he's like, why? <laughs> like, why is the prime calling me? Ah. And the prime basically says, you know, you're an alpha. I could like give you your own pack and gives him this offer. And Ethan is like, oh, I don't know. Like, let me think about it, basically. Because he's like, then I would have to report to Sabine and always live in her shadow. And he doesn't know if he wants to do that. Yeah. But I do think that kind of gives him the courage to like step into his alpha shit right as he is about to go sneak into the astronomer's lair on a fucking solo mission, like a dumb little pup. Yeah. It says that he's going in there to like ask more questions about Connor, but I think he's not. I think he's going in there to try to save everybody. Mm -hmm. He sees the female mystic sitting in a corner, basically. She's not in her tank yet because it was broken after the whole hubbub with the prince of the ravine. And he's like in a rage and he's like, oh my God, can I get you out of here? And she's like, no. And he smells her and he realizes that she's a wolf. Yeah. And he really like fucking almost loses it. And he's like, who let you in here? Like, where's your pack? Why didn't people come save you? Apparently she had no pack. She was roaming with her parents and siblings and her parents realized she had the gift at three. And by four years old, she was in that fucking tank. So she has no idea how old she is. She has no idea like what her name was. She's not seen her family her entire life. Yikes. Yeah, it's not great. It's really not great. Ethan wants to help her escape, but she's like, my family's only able to eat because I'm in here. And also the astronomer, like you don't want to anger him, whatever. So she tells Ethan to go and she like kind of has an attitude and he realizes that she's also an alpha. And he's like, hot. Yeah. Right, exactly. And then he's like, oh my God, now she's really, now I really, like now she's really worthy of being safe. Yeah. She's like an alpha. <laughs> The alpha stuff is so funny. It's so funny. But so he says, basically, if you ever need me, I will come help you anytime. But I think he's really on his, like, I need to save somebody game right now. Yeah. Also, he needs a new girl. He needs a new girl. He does need a new girl. So he sees the box with the fire sprite rings in it and he grabs the box and leaves with all the fire sprites and maybe somebody else that we'll discuss next episode but first guess where we go where to the mind bridge oh the mind bridge bridge i was thinking about you as i was reading this because i'm like you're so right this would be so lovely to listen to while going to sleep at night. It's really nice. Like, somebody should make this a calm app sleep story. It's so lovely. Yes. So, night and day, aka Rune and Lydia, meet on the mind bridge. Rune is immediately flirting with her, and day like kind of yells at him and then immediately starts flirting back <laughs> right uh hold on i actually want to like go to the text here oh we absolutely we should we must okay so first of all they're in their velvet couches snuggly wuggly getting all snuggly wuggly he's like hey and lydia aka day is just like so do you have information and she's kind of mad at him for flirting like why are you coming here to like flirt like we have a big duty here and he's like you think i'm flirting with you and she's like would you say hey in that manner to a male agent? And he's like, well, not with the same tone. So what do you say? He was like, hey. Right. <laughs> like, yeah. Hey, girl. And so she's like, exactly. And then he immediately, I'm like, Rune, she's just told you not to flirt. And he goes, well, you caught me. I'm ready for my punishment. <laughs> Cheeky. Cheeky boy. 
She says, rightfully, I think, I don't think you can handle the sort of punishment I dole out. Yeah, seems right. He's like, we're talking restraints, flogging. And she's like, neither. I don't care for any of that in bed. But what do you prefer? And of course, Rune, my boy, says, it's always ladies' choice with me. I'm game for anything. And so she's still trying to figure out who he is, even though she keeps yelling at him for trying to figure out who she is. And so she's like, so you're not dominant. And he's like, oh, no, I'm dominant. Yeah. No, 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 I'm dominant. No, no, no. <laughs> yeah, right. He's like, no, like, I'm totally dom. Like, I'm such a dom. Like, <sighs> like, I'll do anything you want. But like, no, like, yeah, I'm in charge. Yeah. I'm definitely in charge. <laughs> And that's when she's like, hmm, the way you say dominant, are you a wolf? Some sort of shifter? So it feels like she really doesn't know who he is. Yeah. And he's like, are you a wolf? She's like, no. Do I seem like one to you? And he's like, no, you seem like someone crafted of air and dreams and cold vengeance. I'm guessing you're in sky and breath. You remind me of the wind. (laughs) Oh my God. Powerful and able to cool or freeze with half a thought, shaping the world itself, though no one can see you. What would you do if (laughs) someone said that to you? I'm like, look at him. (laughs) writing her haikus he's like writing her little love poems and then of course she's like oh my god do you see me like nobody yeah. ever sees oh my me gosh. you're the only person who gets me and like i make i want to be like very clear with our dear listeners that i am making one of this now i am eating this shit up with a oh, spoon yeah. ice cream sundae chocolate on top like fucking living mm. for this shit only you've seen me like nobody can ever see like here or at present Present. Yeah, present. it's like, yeah. it doesn't really matter what they say. They could be completely off. But if they're like, this is who you are, per, honestly, per our medium psychic discussion from a couple ups ago, it's like, you just want to be told who you are. Right. So yeah. Exactly. Oh, and then they have a moment where they're just staring at each other. And then they realize that, like, they actually do need to share some intel. So Rune tells her about the mech suits and how they're going to be on these islands tomorrow night. And she kind of gets, like, spooked. She's like, well, what islands? Like, where are you going? And it seems like she's trying to figure out if it's a trap or not. But he, like, doesn't know enough information to help her figure it out. So she is kind of freaked out about that. She's like, who's going to be there? He tells her the whole thing about Pippa being there. And she's like, oh, my God, is she being given command of the Velbarn front? And obviously, Rune does not know any actual helpful information. And she tells him that if they catch him, he needs to run and not fight. He's like, I can't. Yeah, Yeah, he's like, I can't do that. Like, I'm not programmed that way. And she's like, reprogram yourself. And they're in the middle of this kind of lover's argument about, like, staying safe or whatever, which I love. And then all of a sudden she hissed and is, like, twitching and almost convulsing and then, like, sucked in a breath and then was gone. And now this is when, coming back to our whole Daimati discussion... He mm. launches over the fainting couch, like, runs to go find her. I don't know what he thinks he's going to do. And then he slammed into a wall of black adamant. And he is able to kind of like get a flash of sensation, no images or anything. But he can tell she's having some kind of rough sex that she has consented to, <laughs> but like is not very into. That's a, that's yeah. a pretty informative flash of sensation. <laughs> yeah, pretty informative. Like classic, it was kind of like Ethan smelling and being like, oh, this was a human male who was here six hours. Like, yeah, you know yeah, what I yeah, mean? Yeah. Yeah. Happens, yeah, like the exact... <laughs> detail of information so he then is kind of stuck by this wall and he didn't know what to do so he just waits for her which is so sweet he waits for her on the mind bridge he had no idea why of course it's like "Mm, we know why because she's your mate yeah (laughs) yeah and he's kneeling at this wall waiting for her and then she comes back and drops to her knees as well and so now they're like kneeling across from each other and he's like are you all right what was that and she's kind of back to being cold and she's like what you never had sex before yeah ever heard of it (laughs) it's called sex virgin (laughs) and he's just like are you all right like blah 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 and she confirms that you know 
she consented. But then she does admit that she hates him. Nobody knows it, but she hates him. He disgusts me. By the way, this is when I was like, okay, my list of people who are day is down to either Lydia or Celestina. Mm. Oh, right. Mm. Anyway, she's kind of being mean to him, I guess, because she's like now put her walls up. And, you know, he's like, why sleep with him? She says, it's complicated. And she's like, do you only sleep with people you like? Blah, blah, blah. And he's like, um, literally, yes, besides like my ex that one yeah. time. <laughs> he asked, he asked, did you orgasm? <laughs> like, yeah, what? Like, <laughs> Sir. <laughs> I'm like, I don't know if you guys are that close yet. Yeah, you merely um, share a mind bridge. I don't think you're yeah. entitled to that information. <laughs> exactly. And he's really worried. And she's like, don't be a fool and get attached enough to worry. And I'm like, um, miss. You were so worried when he got taken by Reapers, so... Yeah, yeah. Classic. Classic. And he, I love that he's like, oh, so we're back to the ice queen routine. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Hot and cold. And he admits he likes the sound of her voice, which again is something that like keeps coming up. Mm-hmm. And she says she likes the sound of his voice too. Oh my gosh. Eee. So then they have their little banter banter and she's like, okay, I should probably go to sleep. And he's like, okay, well, what if like you stay? And they just kind of like go to sleep together on their couches. And he admits that she calms him (sighs) and he likes being around her. Oh. And I'm like, I would love to fall asleep to the idea of them falling asleep, dozing off on their velvet couches. I really recommend it. It'll get, it'll not, it knocks me out most of the time. Yeah. Okay. So that's really cute. And less cute is what our dummies get up to next. Sweet, sweet dummies. Okay. So the day has finally arrived where our little dummies think that they're going to go to an island with a bunch of ammunition and mech suits and rebels and like somehow convince them to not do any of the things that they've probably been planning for like years. Yeah, they're just going to weigh in. They're going (laughs) to pop up and weigh in. Wow. Yeah, they're just going to like drop by and like try to change the course of history and like certainly it'll go great. You know, they're like, BTW, have you guys really thought about this? Like, I have some ideas. By the way, the Coral Knoll Islands, though, are really kind of, I think they're very Aegean, sort of Greek island vibes. Mm, So fun for a day trip. It's too bad they kind of have a lot to deal with. Yeah, it's kind of too bad that there's like quite a bit of murder that fucks with the whole day. Could have been a nice beach day. Exactly. Anyway, so Cormac teleports his buddies in they're in this like kind of cave system under the island where they're bringing in all of this ammunition and all of these new like mech suit proto the mech suit prototype that they stole from the hit on the spine and I guess Cormac goes to like have a chat with Pippa that like obviously doesn't go his way and then Pippa comes over with like her little goonies and they're having Hunt inspect the mech suit and he's like nobody should have this like basically it's like a nuclear weapon type thing like I guess it like would allow them to make brimstone missiles or something really easily who knows but it's kind of funny because they're like nobody should have this amount of power. And it's like, Hunt, you have an amount of power that, like, nobody should have. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Right. <laughs> no, I know. I I thought it was very weird. I mean, not weird. I was like, okay, Veneer with magical powers being upset that these humans yeah. have gained some level of equity. <laughs> no, like, totally. I'm like, yeah, like, this is a bridge too far. Right. It's like, well, the amount of killing you could do with this. And I'm like, Hunt, 
honey, look in the mirror. Also, this is not really here nor there, but there's a, they explain that how it works is there are just pipes of first light, like crisscrossing the lands everywhere. And it (laughs) sucks up the energy from this. And I continue to think like, okay, the Asteri seem really bad. They also seem to have developed a kind of clean energy net zero economy. (laughs) Wow. I don't know if it's net net zero if they're like stealing it from people, but... It's net zero in terms of carbon emissions. Yeah, and great infrastructure. You yeah. Know? <laughs> like They're building back better. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely solid infrastructure. We'll give them that. Anyway, so I guess for some reason there were other veneer there who had been helping deliver the mech suit and the ammunition. Yeah. And Pippa and her Lightfall squadron just kind of murder them all in cold blood when they had been helping the rebels. Right. And then our crew is like, Make what? a point, yeah. Yeah, I Unclear. guess they're trying to make some kind of point or they just like don't really trust them or something unclear. But anyway, our crew decides instead of maybe tentatively working with these folks, they're going to blow up the mech suit prototypes and run away. Yeah, I feel like some wires kind of got crossed here. I'm just a little unclear. I feel like... People weren't really kind of fully dialing in, you know? Like, what happened? That was all kind of weird. Yeah, it was it weird. It for sure was. It was also like, so who's, whose side are we on? Are we on nobody's side? Are we just on our crew's side? But also, what are we doing? Oh, yeah. I mean, they are they are <laughs> classic. They're sort of just dipping their toe in the rebellion waters and causing mayhem and havoc <laughs> left and right. I also thought it was funny because, like, they all know who Hunt is. So I was like, okay, you just showed up at an island to do rebel things, and, like, everyone here knows who you are. This is, like, terrible operational security. That's a good point. You're so bad at being a rebel. Yeah, really bad OPSEC. Although, you would think that he would get more initial street cred as, right, for like, having a former been the OG re- rebel. <laughs> yeah, but he gets none, apparently. Yeah, honestly, I'd be pissed if I were him. That's That would be enough for me to blow up the mech suits, I guess. No recognition. Also, we get a classic Pippa line, just a classic. Bryce, while you were painting your fingernails. Oh my god! We, yada like, yada yada. At least it's coming ends. from a woman this time. I guess. Yeah, girl on girl violence. But it's like, what? So many people are just like against nail health. I don't. Yeah. Everybody's got to get some new material. I think. Yeah. So they cause mayhem and then realize they need to flee before Pippa and the Lightfall crew murders them. So they like find a little skiff of a boat and they're like trying to flee on the boat but then they like look back at the island and there's a dog running around the cliffs but it's not just a dog it's actually Baxi and the hellhound and his little dog face is like conveying the fact that they're being followed (laughs) yeah (laughs) and at what point he he, he picks up a like paw paw, like all that scooby-doo and like points like Also, I love that they've just immediately decided he's like he's a good guy because Hunt Hunt's like oh like he's telling us something we should follow him. I feel like my first thought would be like fuck like he got us like we were idiots right. he got us. Yeah, but again, I think his I think his dog facial expressions were conveying like, that so he's convincing. So yeah, yeah. Fair. I mean, dogs can't really be duplicitous, you know. Yeah. So it's like, well, that is a good point. So they realize that the hind and the harpy and Pollux are kind of on their tail and I guess there's like um, Omega boats 
And Therian yells at them to jump out of the boat and swim away because they launch a torpedo at the little boat. And Therian's water magic, like, takes them far enough away to protect them, which I thought was really cute. It's, like, nice for him to be useful, you know? Yeah. I love when Therian contributes to the group project. Yeah. So now they're swimming in the water and they're kind of completely fucked. And it's, like, how the hell are they going to get out of this? And the hind, I guess, takes, like, a little wave skimmer or something and comes to meet them. So, like, the rest of the crew is, like, far away. <laughs> And it's just the hind. And it's like, which I'm like, why? Fucking dramatic. Like, <laughs> so dramatic. And then she does the whole dramatic thing about she has this, um, like, little rock, which I told Will I had a realization about. And she's like, your your choice is to come with me or, like, I'm going to drown you the way I drowned Sophie. She's like, I showed her this, too, and, like, drops this rock in the ocean. Like, that's <laughs> going like, to happen to you, basically. Do you know that rocks sink in water? Right. <laughs> And they're having their little enemy tete-a-tete. How do you say that? Yeah, you got it. Tete-a-tete. When all of a sudden uh, another boat rises up underneath them. And then Mm -hmm. somebody like opens a hatch and is like, get in, get in. And they jump down into this boat. They have no idea where it came from or whose it is. And I realized at this moment when I reread this for like the fourth time. Do you know how that boat actually got there? Because of the rock? Because of the rock. Yeah. Like the hind. The hind called it. Summoned it. <laughs> yeah. Which it I took me that. like four reads yeah, to get I didn't know that at all. <laughs> yeah. I just thought convenient plot device. They were no, nearby. no, no. In fact, it, there is meaning to every fucking thing that SJM writes. It just might take me like seven tries to figure it out. Mm-hmm. So they get saved by the myrrh and it's the ocean queen's people and they have like these sick city ships that are run on the ocean queen's power so like you cannot detect them with a radar or anything and it kind of looks like a giant octopus i guess and it could like blend in with like the rock reef walls and like be camouflaged so that's what it does they like dive down into this canyon and the omega boats are following them but then it like camouflages itself on the wall so that the boats can't see them and they can't and so then they get away. Amazing. Yeah, which is great for our babies. Um, one less than good thing that is happening right now too, though, is that Hunt has gone like full rage. I guess like when the hind threatened Bryce, he kind of- he got very male about it. Went primal rage boy. Yeah, very male. And he is like, there's like lightning all around him and his eyes are like dead behind them. And it just kind of looks like he's about to like blow shit up and he like can't get control over himself. So they're like on a tour through this city ship and there's this gorgeous biodome where there are like mm. trees and ponds. Don't and, even get oh, me started. I had I an know. orgasm. I was like, are you uh, kidding? <laughs> like, we're going to, we got to get, we're going to get more about that also yeah. next episode. Yeah. 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 Great. So for some reason, our crew has escaped death by two groups of people who wanted to kill them this day. And we will have much more action. If you will. <laughs> on the oh. Mership wow. next episode. Wow. wow. I, for one, cannot wait. It'll be time to sex teleport. Wow. But until then, we wish you the best. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Farewell. <laughs> Only the best. Fare thee well. 
to our pod friends. Thank you for listening. Thank you for rating and subscribing and checking us out on social media. I want to say a special thank you to um, friend of the pod, Brand Ambassador Sawyer. Oh, Brand Ambassador Sawyer. IRL friend who apparently has been just sort of touting the pod on uh, dating updates that he goes on. Amazing. And gained us at least one subscriber however i guess also thank you and you're welcome because i really think this is good content for a straight man to be able to provide oh are you kidding oh my gosh yeah. instant yeah it's kind of like a transactional for the sjm it's like a girlies street. it's like yeah. it's 2016 and he's walking around in a the future is female shirt you know what i mean like he's right. like wow we're I doing that for chills. him <laughs> yeah <laughs> And I do want to say thank you. I'm so like grateful to Sawyer. And I do want to say for people who have been asking how to support the pod, I do think one really viable way to do that is download Mumble. And even if you're <laughs> even if you're not even if you're in a relationship, that doesn't mean that you can't go out on a couple dates with people and tell them about the podcast. Okay, or you don't just even have to go on them. dates with them. You just gotta message them. Message them, and I think it would just. I'm sure like there'll be no problem when your partner kind of looks over on your phone and is like, um, <laughs> like excuse me. Like, what yeah, is? just tell them to reach out to us and we'll confirm. Yeah, yeah. Like, you'll be like, no, no, no. It's just for, like, my podcast that I listen to. Yeah, like, you're, you're a brand ambassador. Hello. Right. Yeah. You know? Exactly. <laughs> wow. So, until next time. See you guys soon. Bye. Bye. Bye.